This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you are listening to episode 30 of the Catholic Foodie. Give me that Louisiana cooking. Wee! I am so glad that you are here today. Uh, we have lots of great stuff on the menu, uh, and of course, it's, we got some Louisiana cooking stuff going on. Uh, so we're going to start out with some feedback. Now, this, this is a special feedback. It, it not only comes from a special person, but this feedback comes to us in the form of a complaint. That's right, a complaint about the show. And believe it or not, I am excited about sharing that, that complaint with you. Uh, and I, th- I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, what else do we have? Let's see, we've got, oh, we got an interview. Uh, I had the incredible pleasure of meeting Marcel Bienvenu this morning and uh, got to sit down and have a conversation with her. And I- I'm going to share that conversation with you. And uh, if you don't know Marcel, Marcel is a food writer. She's, uh, she writes a column for the Times-Picayune. It's called uh, Cooking Creole. And she's been writing that column, I think, since 1984. Uh, in addition to that, she has uh, written a number of cookbooks, uh, her own cookbooks, and she's co-authored a number of cookbooks with, uh, with Emeril Lagasse. So uh, she's a fantastic lady. She is uh, an incredible storyteller. And I'm just so excited I get to share that conversation with you. Uh, So we have all this and more on the menu today at The Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I know I said this already, but I am so excited about this episode. I've got so much to share, and we're going to just jump right on in. First, I want to to share with you some feedback that I received, and... uh, this is from our good friend, Captain Jeff. Hello, Jeff Young, Catholic foodie. This is Captain Jeff. And uh, first of all, I wanted to say, man, it was really nice meeting you uh, in San Antonio at the Catholic News Media Celebration. Uh, really a pleasure. And uh, I, I really called to complain because uh, I am trying to uh, lose, some, lose some pounds and eat better, keeping track of my stuff. I downloaded that iPhone app that Father recommended. Uh, I think it's called Lose It. And uh, kind of keeping track of all my calories and exercise and stuff, trying to lose some weight. And uh, well, I'm trying to keep my mind off of the strenuous exercise. I like to listen to podcasts, and I made the mistake of listening to yours. And, uh, oh, man, the food you're talking about uh, at the beach there in Perdido Key, oh, awesome. And... Uh, you're just killing me with this stuff, man. You need to talk about something that's boring and not very appetizing or whatever because my stomach is growling and uh, you're not helping me at all. Anyway, I gotta go. <laughs> when I first listened to that, I can't tell you, I laughed so hard. I had to, had to call Char and I said, hey, come see, come see, come listen to this. Uh, that is so funny. Thank you so much, Captain Jeff, for, uh, for taking the time to uh, leave feedback uh, for for the Catholic foodie, and you know, I mean, it's a, it's a complaint, uh, but uh, I got to tell you the truth. You know, it's it's hard to come up with something boring and unappetizing in Louisiana. It's just it, it's almost impossible. And I'm sure you know that you're you're a pilot. You travel around all all over the place. I'm sure you've been to New Orleans. You must know about Louisiana cuisine. Uh, I mean, here even something as simple as red beans and rice is a delicacy, right? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's good. 
Uh, but I, I was I put my thinking cap on. I was thinking, you know what? What are some uh, boring foods that uh, I could cover here on the show? And I thought, how about this? Uh, peas, corn, anything that comes in a can, really. Uh, but you you can't add anything to it, right? You just gotta open the can, heat it up in the microwave. Oh, goodness, you don't even have to heat it up. You just take a fork, a spoon, and dig right in. Uh, matter of fact, don't even get a dish dirty. Just keep it in the can. You open the can, keep it in the can, and just start eating it like that. That's that's that that would be boring and plain. And uh, what about just plain bread? I mean, it could be it could be healthy bread, but you can't put anything on it. It would be plain. Uh, or fish, eggs, chicken, beef, anything really. Uh, but you can't add salt, pepper, butter, or anything else good. How's this going so far for my, my list of boring things? And then I thought about this. What about potatoes, you know? they got to be by themselves. So baked, boiled, fried, uh, anything that you want, but by themselves. No butter, no sour cream, no salt and pepper, nothing, right? You talk about boring. And yet, St. John Vianney lived for years on boiled potatoes, which is probably what led to his early demise, but uh, he, he, uh, he did. He lived on boiled potatoes. So uh, those are some of the things that I, uh, I thought of, and I know they're, they're not really appetizing, but they're things we might cover on the show. Uh, also, you know, I thought about this. You know, uh, healthy food doesn't have to be boring food, and that's maybe something that we really do need to take a look at. Uh, I, th- I started thinking about this uh, there's a, a, a lady named Holly Clegg in Baton Rouge, and she puts out cookbooks, and they're all health-conscious cookbooks, but it's Louisiana-type cuisine, but healthy. And here are a couple of recipes that she has on her website, and just see if these sound appetizing. What about raspberry spinach salad? That sounds good to me. Or salmon patties with horseradish caper sauce. That one sounds good to me, too. Or this one, pecan trout with Dijon sauce. Wow, that sounds great. Matter of fact, I've got to tell you the ingredients to this particular dish. Uh, It's trout fillets, of course, salt and pepper, Italian breadcrumbs, non-fat plain yogurt, Dijon mustard, lemon juice, chopped pecans that are toasted, and sliced green onions. Wow. I mean, that's pretty pretty basic. And yet, this is, I'm, I'm sure, I haven't never made this, but I'm sure it is an absolutely delicious dish. So, uh, what about that? This is something that we can talk about on the show. I do agree 100%. I know that uh, some of the stuff that I have talked about isn't very health conscious or healthy, and my wife has brought that point up. As a matter of fact, I noticed when you left feedback, uh, you were you were jogging at the time, which is totally awesome, by the way. Uh, very cool that you're able to, uh, to to speak and jog at the same time. I can't do that. I, I can run about 10 feet, and then I get winded. So uh, to run and speak, wow, that's something. Uh, but she has urged me over and over and over again to, first of all, exercise, right? i got to exercise and then eat healthy. So we are already kind of on that track, and we're working on it, and we are going to pull some... <clears throat> excuse me, health or more healthy kind of recipes together to put on the show and also on the blog. So once again, 
Captain Jeff, thank you so much for leaving that feedback. Well, in this feedback section, I also want to uh, announce the winners of the Jambalaya Throwdown. If you remember last episode, I had announced uh, a, a throwdown on my own uh, website, on the blog, because Zatarans, a company in New Orleans that produces uh, Cajun uh, cuisine, but it, it, it's, it's boxed-type stuff. It, it helps you know, to cook more quickly, like uh, jambalaya mix or red beans and rice or you know, things like that. They'll, they'll box this stuff and, and sell it. It's all Cajun-type uh, meals, uh, but it, it's done in a very simple kind of prepackaged way. Uh, anyway, they had issued, along with uh, Chef John Besh, uh, they had issued a, a jambalaya throwdown, and the deadline for that is July 30th. I mean, I'm sorry, July 31st by uh, 11.59 p.m. And they had sent me some uh, some kits to give away as uh, promotional, you know, promotional material, and uh, I, I issued my own throwdown asking for feedback, uh, just stories, if you could say, you know, just share a story where food met faith in your own life, you know, or where food meets faith in your own life. And I, I received a number of responses, and I drew five names from those, uh, those who entered and uh, sent them their, their kits. And here are the winners. We have Christy Bernardo, who is uh, from The Wicked Noodle. Uh, it's a blog, uh, Wicked Noodle, thewickednoodle.com. I love her site, by the way. If you haven't seen it before, you need to check it out. We also have uh, Evan or Ivan. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. I'm sorry if I'm uh, mispronouncing it, but Evan or Ivan um, Duplantier. And once again, that's a, a name that I could uh, also be mispronouncing, even though I'm from Louisiana. I know there's some Duplantiers and there's some Duplantiers and Duplantiers and uh, so I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, but you are also a winner, and uh, you can check her out. She is at Thank Evan, or Thank Evan, Thank Heaven, Thank Evan, uh, dot com, and it's uh, Thank and then E V A N N is uh, how she spells her name. So Thank Evan dot com. Uh, she's a homeschool mom, and she also is the uh, the one who puts together the virtual Saint Joseph altar. Uh, so you need to check out her site, especially uh, as we come close to St. Joseph's Feast Day once again next year. Uh, check that out, the, the virtual St. Joseph altar. Uh, Sonia, yeah, it is Sonia McGarity is also a winner, and she's originally also, curiously enough, from Louisiana. Uh, and I know her. I, we work together, <laughs> golly, it's been uh, 20 years ago maybe. Uh, 18, 20 years ago, in Steubenville, when I was at the Franciscan University of Steubenville, um, we worked the summer conferences together. She was actually my boss, <laughs> and, and she was one of the ones who, uh, who got me the job there in the summer conference office. So uh, it's great that she won. She's not living in Louisiana now. Uh, she's somewhere else, and uh, this gives her a chance to uh, brush up on her Cajun cuisine. So congratulations to Sonia. Also, David Dawson in Baton Rouge. He's the producer of the Everyday Catholic podcast. Uh, and you can find him over at theeverydaycatholic.com. And then Shelly Kelly, who uh, is uh, of the Sound, Mind, and Spirit blog. 
Uh, you can find that at soundmindandspirit.blogspot.com. Have you noticed a trend here with um, with the winners? I think that almost every one has a blog or a podcast. Uh, I think mostly blogs. Uh, I think we only have one podcast. But um, these are people who are obviously online. They're people who um, are involved in, in technology and uh, what we call new media. Uh, so that's that's very it's cool. That's very cool. Uh, I know that Sonia's on Facebook, and I'm, I'm so glad for Facebook. I get to, to uh, stay in touch with friends from all different part, uh, times of my life, uh, high school and college and uh, you know my, my different careers that I've had as a, uh, a teacher and a DRE and uh, for a time working as a, um, uh, in a nonprofit as a, as a grant writer. Uh, so it, it's really awesome to be able to uh, to keep track of everybody, and I'm I'm very happy about that. So congratulations to all the winners, and if you would like to find out what they had to say about where food meets faith in their own lives, go to catholicfoodie.com and check it out. I think it's listed. The post is uh, jambalaya throwdown, something to that effect. I don't have the exact. Uh, address with me, but what I'll do is I'll put it in the show notes for this show, and uh, you can go check it out. I need two salmon, three salad compassion, and a free filet. I need two others, three salmon. Well, I am so excited uh, to share with you uh, this next segment. Uh, I had the pleasure of, of meeting and interviewing Marcel Bienvenu. Now, before I play the interview, I have to warn you that about halfway through, it's about a 15-minute interview, halfway through, uh, we were at the library. Uh, she had given a presentation there, and I, I met with her afterwards. And as they were kind of cleaning up things in the, in the room, uh, it was toward the back of the room. One of the tables collapsed, and so you hear this loud boom, and it's about halfway through uh, our conversation. So uh, if you're wondering what that loud crash is, it's, it's, uh, it's not us. It was a, uh, a table in the back of the room that was holding like a, a big, heavy stack of, uh, of books. So um, anyway, I hope you enjoy this interview. I thoroughly enjoyed meeting and talking with Marcel and I'm so thankful that she uh, that she met with me. Well, we are here with Marcel Bienvenu. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Uh, now, I have mentioned your name and a number of your cookbooks on the show uh, often, uh, but many of the listeners probably don't know much about you personally, so would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, I grew up in a uh, journalism family. My f uh, uh, father's family started the newspaper in St. Martinville, in 1886. So after my grandfather passed away, my father took it on. Then after he died, my uh, older brother did. So it's called the Tesh News, and it's a little weekly newspaper, and it's the parish journal, and I kind of grew up around all that. And how, how did you actually get into the food uh, world? I guess you call it the food world? Uh, initially, when I was working at the Times-Picayune, I wasn't writing about food in the 60s, long, long time ago. Um, 
But when I went to work for Time Life Books, when they were doing the book on Acadian Creole cooking, I uh, went to work for them as a researcher. I told them I knew everything, but I didn't. But I found out a lot of things I wanted to know, and I became very curious about the foods of South Louisiana. Then when Ella Brennan hired me at Commanders, that made me even more enamored with our cuisine and the differences between Acadian and Creole cooking, which was, you know, years ago was very, very easily uh, uh, translated. I mean, Cajun cooking was country food, and Creole food was what we had in New Orleans. And I just became enamored with our food. I just I just skipped along the road of life eating everything I could find. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I mean, you grew up with this kind of food, but then all of a sudden you kind of had an awakening. Well, you know, I, uh, I guess like a lot of other people, I, never re- I didn't realize that uh, the Cajun cuisine was not known as much as the Creole cuisine. But when Paul Prudhomme came on the scene preaching the gospel of Cajun food, right. I think that he hit the nail on the head when, you know, we were kind of isolated. Mm-hmm. People didn't come to South Louisiana to, to eat. They went to New Orleans to the finer restaurants or to get a po' boy or to get a beignet. And um, I think that... Uh, it just, yeah, it kind of was an epiphany. I said, wait, we're eating all this, but we don't know too much about it. I wanted to learn how gumbos came to be, or a jambalaya, or why did we call a bouillabaisse a bouillabaisse, mm-hmm. or, you know, where did all these foods come from? And now everybody wants to know that, <laughs> and I'm trying to tell them. <laughs> it seems like Louisiana culture really has uh, expanded. I mean, the world's smaller now. Uh, for the longest time, I thought it was going to be a fad. You know, I said, oh, they'll get tired of this cuisine. But, you know, we've traveled all over. And as soon as you say you're from Louisiana, people just gather around you. <laughs> they want you to tell them about all these different kind mm-hmm. of foods. And sad to say, a lot of places that uh, in other parts of the country that say they're a Cajun restaurant are not. Mm-hmm. And I think that some people don't have, have – they haven't got it yet. Right. So we still trying to get them to understand it. That's right. It's, it's kind of hard to have Louisiana cuisine outside of Louisiana. And I think it's because, you know, like, you know, it, it's the hand who's, that stirs the pot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we may have these little nuances about different ways to make gumbo or jambalaya or any other dish. You know, everybody has their own little uh, taste buds to, to, right. to satisfy. So there's a lot of different gumbos and a lot of different dishes of South Louisiana cooked differently. Right. But they're all good, mm-hmm. I think. Don't have any tofu gumbo, though. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> well, you've written a number of cookbooks, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, the first one was Who's Your Mama? Are You Catholic? Can You Make a Roux? Now, that is such a fantastic title. And to me, it kind of en- encapsulates, like, the whole Catholic foodie concept. H- how did you come up? What was the inspiration behind that book? Uh, well, it was a couple of things. Uh, the, the, the Who's Your Mama book was supposed to be called Marcel Bienvenu's Family Cookbook. That was so boring. And my husband <coughs> was riding around one night with a couple of friends, and they were going to get something. And we had just been to this play at USL called, it was a little uh, musical, called A Band Inside My Head. And it's about this young man who leaves Louisiana to find his fame and fortune, and he comes back with a fiancé. And all of his family are worried because they don't know her. So they sing this little ditty about who's your mama? Or are you Catholic? Can you make a roux? Because they weren't going to let her in unless they knew all that. Uh, so just so we decided to name it. was a mouthful. But um, it, it sells books. <laughs> wow. I, I love it. I have it. And I cook many recipes out of, uh, out of that book. 
uh, the, the, the new one that came out, Cooking Up a Storm, which I've talked about quite a bit. Uh, some of the ones that you have done with uh, Emerald, uh, it's well used. Well, good. I'm glad you're using them. That's what they're for. And, of course, I always tell people, you don't have to cook it exactly like in the book. Just tweak it for your taste buds. And that was a question I had wanted to ask is that, uh, you know, like for the home chef, I, I have a limited repertoire. So I look at these cookbooks, and it's like a wide range of, of things. But I love to cook. And, uh, you know, sometimes I feel guilty because I have a very hard time following a recipe to the T. Now, what kind of recommendation, how would you uh, suggest to a home chef that they should view a recipe? Well, what I tell, in, in, in fact, I, I, that's what I've been telling my students this, this, these past few months teaching at, at Nichols, is, you know, here's a basic recipe for jambalaya. Cook it, like the recipe says. But then, you know, the next time you cook it, if you don't like as much tomatoes or if you don't like as much pepper or you may not like the sausage, you know, do some ham. You know, just change out to make it yours. Um, you know, same thing with um, uh, a, a gumbo. Uh, there's all, you can make a gumbo with just about anything. So you have to find what makes you happy. And even if it's a recipe not from this area, I always um, make it once and I'll say, well, you know, maybe if I tweak it just a little bit with this or I'm always trying fresh herbs. Um, try, you know, I, I want to experiment with new ingredients. So, I, you know, I just say, I wonder what this will be good. And you have to just try it. And if you don't like to cook, it ain't going to work. And I've always been curious, like for chefs, uh, how do they come up with these measurements? Do they actually measure things out? Or is it, is it kind of like, uh, you know, the, how much fits in the palm of your hand, and then you kind of guesstimate, oh, that must be about two tablespoons or whatever? I mean, Well, uh, I know every chef is going to rant and rave. Most chefs <laughs> cannot write a recipe because uh, they, they certainly know all the um, – the, uh, the ABCs, of, of, um, and some of these chefs are just much more creative than I could ever be. Um, but it's, it's trying, it's testing. When we did the books for uh, Emerald, we said that we could not test it in a, ki in a, in a ki uh, restaurant kitchen. So we tested in a, in a kitchen that's a like a home kitchen, because it's just far different from a restaurant kitchen. And by cooking on in a, in a home environment, uh, away from a, from a restaurant kitchen, we were able to find out what worked and what didn't work. And that's important because most of the people who are buying the recipes are going to be cooking at home. That's correct. And that's one of the things I really love about the cookbooks that I've seen, that you, the, uh, the ones that you have written. Uh, they're, they're doable at home. Yeah, because, and as, as I said, restaurant cooks, restaurant uh, kitchens have probably more things at hand. They may have, you know, they probably make their own stocks. Uh, you know, they have much more at hand. But in a, a, a home cook sometimes uh, is not... Um, they certainly can re reproduce almost anything, especially those who like to cook. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's important because, too, you know, in restaurants they make things in cauldrons sometimes. Right. Right. I mean, their soups, their stocks, their sauces, or whatever. So uh, you know, it's important that we, as, as as cookbook authors, try to accommodate a home cook. And I try not to use too many things exotic, but you certainly can introduce exotic things on your own. And you are now uh, working at Nichols and this, the, the John Foles Culinary Institute. Is that right? What's that like? Well, <laughs> it's a whole new adventure, I can tell you. <laughs> but I, I find it very stimulating. Um, the students are very 
if they want to be in that in that uh, school, they have to have some passion about cooking. Of course, the younger ones have, are not have not had exposure to a lot of stuff. But once they get into into their second and third years, they have been exposed. But it's a it's a very good program. We have a, we have baking, we have meat fabrication, we have knife skills, uh, we have gamage, we have a bistro, we have um, they learn about the history of cooking uh, all over the world as well as in South Louisiana. Uh, we teach them so uh, how to make good stocks and then how to make their sauces. Uh, they do externships, so they're, it's a it's a very nice program, and and it's a four year you can get a four year degree a BS. Mm -hmm. Wow, sounds like I need to go there. <laughs> you can come. We have fun. <laughs> <laughs> now I think there are online classes as well. Is that right? Uh, yes, I, I teach. Uh, there's several classes offered online. Um, the class I t t am teaching this summer is a 300 elective, so uh, you don't have to be a culinary student to take it. But some of the classes taught online, you have to be a culinary major. So if, if someone in another, another state that's not even in college right now wanted to take a class online, would they be able to register? Would they, oops, would they be able to register for that and take it? Or no, no it would have to be a nickel student? Right. Okay, wow. Um, couple of other questions what uh, what is your favorite dish to cook that's hard to say um, I well there's two or three things I like to uh, uh, cooking for me is great therapy my husband laughs about that but I like to be in a kitchen chopping stirring you know whatever and I like things that take a long time to cook I like to braise things. I like to make a gumbo. I like to make a spaghetti sauce. I like things that can take a, you know, the better part of an afternoon, especially during the winter. So, um, you know, I, and I like to use local ingredients. I think all of a sudden it's, it's really in right. to use local ingredients, but it never went out in our part of the country. We always had home gardens. So whatever's in season, like yesterday I did okra. We did uh, fig preserves not too long ago. Uh, somebody's going to bring corn tomorrow. So, you know, I'll make makshu or, or corn soup or whatever. I just like to cook in the season. I agree 100%. I, <laughs> the, the kitchen is therapy for me, too. And uh, I, I, whether, whether the meal is supposed to take a long time or not, I usually get in trouble because it takes me a long time to cook. And I think because I need more therapy. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but Charles always saying, we got to eat early. We got, you know, we got three little kids. We got to eat early. <laughs> Um, what about your favorite dish to, to eat? Do you have a favorite dish that you like in particular? I like spaghetti. Like <laughs> <laughs> I swear there's some, some Italian blood running around in my veins. Um, my husband, and I will say this, uh, my husband is a great grill guy. So during the summer, we always are trying new ways to do grilled stuff. We do grilled fish, shrimp, uh, vegetables. We've even been grilling fruit, peaches, and pineapples. Um, so uh, right now, during the summer, I'm a grill person. Very good. I like the grill, too. It's taken me years, though, to kind of understand that it, the, the heat doesn't be, need to be so hot to grill. Now remember, there's a difference between barbecue Grilling and barbecue. And grilling. I know. Uh, maybe it's just the peculiarities of my grill. <laughs> I, I've, I've caught it on fire a couple of times. <laughs> we have, too. So don't worry about it. Oh, good. So I don't feel so bad. Now, um, you have many cookbooks. Uh, if someone wanted to order a cookbook, where would they? Where could they go? Most of the book, I'm, I'm sure all of the books are available at, at Barnes and Noble. They're, um, 
you can go to my website, website which is marcelbienvenue.com. Um, uh, also, Acadian House Publishers, uh, you can go on their uh, website. Um, but Barnes & Noble, or any of the big uh, bookstores, or even the small bookstores, can order them, can get them. There's nothing that you can't get. And your website is marcelbienvenue.com, correct? And I'm, I'm going to put a, a link in the show notes okay. for, for people uh, as well. And then one last question before we close. Um, you know, I, I love to cook. I love to be in the kitchen. And I know that there are a lot of people who, who do. And we feel like, you know, we're, we're not professional cooks, um, but we want to get better. You know, we enjoy it. We want to, do, uh, to, to get better at it. Any kind of recommendations, advice that you would have for somebody in my kind of position? Take your time. Uh, don't be afraid of making a mistake. Be curious. Why do, I'm not a food chemist, but I would love to have been. Why does this react this way? Why does it take longer to cook? Is it better to cook it longer, to cook it uh, quicker? I mean, you just have to kind of play with it. Uh, and people that don't like to cook won't ever get that far. Um, and sometimes it just means getting something on the table for y your family. Right. which you have. But when you're actually cooking to enjoy it, Enjoy it. Have fun with it. And don't be afraid. I mean, I've, I've screwed up some dishes, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I mean, a couple of times my husband said, I don't think you need to put that on the table. <laughs> it's time to order in. Order some pizzas. <laughs> I guess that happens to the best of us, huh? It does. So just, just have fun with it. You're not going to win a contest. You're just trying to enjoy it right. and to please people. And that's the whole thing about, um, you know, when I'm teaching at the at the, you know, at the the uh, institute, I tell these students, I said, you are the maker of happiness. You know, you, you're going to be cooking to make somebody happy. You know, if you're working in a restaurant, they may come for the birthday or, you know, some grand occasion. You might be a personal chef. You need to make people happy. And, and be happy in the process. Right. Huh? I mean, Enjoy. that's right. Well, fantastic. It, it, did I forget anything? Is there anything else you want to add? <laughs> Well, Marcel, thank you so much for uh, taking time to, to speak with me. My pleasure. Thank you very much. And bon appetit. Same to you. <laughs> well, I, I am just so uh, thrilled uh, that I had the opportunity to, <laughs> uh, to talk with Marcel in person. It was just, uh, it, was, it, was, um, it was incredible. So, uh, Marcel, thank you so much uh, again for, uh, for meeting with me and, and for that delightful conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And once again, if you would like to know more about Marcel, you can go to her website, marcelbienvenue.com. Uh, I will post that note, or that link, rather. Uh, I'll post it in the show notes on catholicfoodie.com. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This mm -hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die, why not be good at it? Excellent question, uh, Jamie Oliver, and also uh, some, some good words of wisdom there. And, uh, you know, we, we talked to Marcel, uh, Marcel today, and uh, she is very good at cooking. So I figured to close out this episode, I would share with you a recipe, uh, one of her recipes. And uh, I, I pulled out her book, Who's Your Mama, Are You Catholic, and Can You Make a Roux? And I figured since she mentioned in the interview that her favorite dish was actually spaghetti, 
I figured, hey, let's let's see if she's got a recipe here for spaghetti, and I would share that one with you. And, you know, she divided up this book into seasons. So uh, since we're in summer, I went to that section. And uh, lo and behold, guess what I found? A recipe for summer spaghetti. And I want to share that with you right now. Uh, here's what you would need for this recipe. She uses two 14-and-a-half-ounce cans of sliced stewed tomatoes, a half a cup of chopped onions, a tablespoon of minced garlic, two tablespoons of chopped fresh parsley, half a teaspoon of dried basil leaves, a quarter cup of olive oil, tarragon vinegar to taste, and 12 ounces of angel hair pasta cooked according to package directions and strained, or drained rather, uh, and then grated Parmesan cheese for the garnish. Now listen carefully to the, the method here, to the directions. You mix together all the ingredients except for the pasta. You store in an airtight container or plastic storage bag and refrigerate until ready to use. You got that? This, there's no cooking this sauce. There's no cooking this sauce. It's great. Uh, so you mix all the ingredients together except for the pasta, put it in a plastic storage bag, throw it in the fridge, and that's it. Uh, same thing with the pasta. You cook the pasta according to the, the directions, and uh, you put that into an airtight container or plastic storage bag as well, stick it in the fridge until you're ready to use. Now, before serving, she says, bring the tomato mixture to room temperature. Rinse the pasta in tepid water, drain, and mix with the tomato mixture. And then to serve, garnish with the Parmesan cheese. Wow, doesn't that sound awesome? That sounds fantastic. You know, I made uh, spaghetti sauce just the other day, and we, uh, we, actually, <laughs> we ate spaghetti for two days in a row. So uh, I'm not at this point. I think we need to wait a week or so, but I would love to make this recipe. Matter of fact, next time I do spaghetti, this is what I'm going to do, and uh, I will let you know how it turns out. And that wraps up episode 30. I certainly hope that you enjoyed it. I have enjoyed sharing all of this with you. Uh, if you have feedback, if there's something that you want to say, a question that you have about food, faith, family, fun, whatever it may be, uh, you can give me a call at 985-635-4974 or email me at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. Also, don't forget, check out the website, catholicfoodie.com. There are uh, lots of things on the website that I'm not able to share with you on the show. Uh, also, there's a community forming there. There are people who, uh, who come and, and uh, read the post there or listen to the show and then go and comment on those posts, and you are certainly welcome to join the conversation. Uh, also, you will find links there to my, uh, my Twitter account, my Twitter, uh, I guess, my Twitter account. <laughs> so you can follow me on Twitter and also uh, the Facebook page, the Catholic Foodie Facebook page. Once again, another place where there's lots of conversation taking place, uh, people making comments about food, faith, family, fun, and uh, we'd love for you to be part of the conversation. If you do have time, if you have a few minutes to spare, please go over to iTunes and uh, search for the Catholic Foodie Podcast, and uh, please leave a, uh, a review. If you like the show, please uh, let everybody know. That helps us to gain new listeners, which uh, in turn will spread the word of, uh, of how food meets faith. So until next time, bon appetit.